The Homeland Security Department finally secured a name change for its cybersecurity-focused branch. The president signed that bill last Friday. Now the resulting agency looks to implement a two-year strategy aimed at bringing it up to full operating capability. Chris Krebs, the undersecretary for the newly rebranded Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, gave an overview of what that roadmap entails. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. If you're not sure what role the National Protection and Programs Directorate, or NPPD, plays just by looking at its title, you wouldn't be the only one scratching your head. That's why the Department of Homeland Security has spent more than a year pushing to rename the cyber agency. And last Friday, all that work finally paid off. President Donald Trump signed a bill that would rebrand NPPD as the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA. So what happens next? Chris Krebs is the director of CISA. Speaking at a U.S. Chamber of Commerce event in Washington, he said the name change was more of a groundbreaking than a ribbon-cutting. He also hinted at a two-year roadmap called CISA 2020, outlining the steps the agency will take to become fully operational. I kind of see us as a 14-year startup organization. We have a number of processes that need to be mature. In fact, there's been a little analysis by paralysis in the organization over a couple of years, a number of years, in fact, because this thing, this operationalizing the agency, this transformation was always just over the horizon. So there weren't historical investments made to really give us the business processes that we need. These things all sound boring, but they're critically important. They matter for the organization. They matter for the morale. They matter for the team we need to build, and they matter for the tools that we need to build. But most importantly, that backbone, that infrastructure that we build this organization on. Krebs said that the name CISA helps give state and local partners, as well as the private sector, a better sense of the agency's mission. He said it also helps with recruiting new talent. As anybody that's ever managed an organization knows, it's culture, it's a brand, it's an identity. It's ensuring that the workforce has a unity of concept, unity of purpose, unity of mission, and clarity of mission. CISA does that for us. Over the past year, DHS has ramped up its efforts to improve information sharing with the private sector. The private sector owns a majority of the national critical infrastructure. DHS launched its National Risk Management Center this summer. It aims to engage industry on protecting that critical infrastructure. DHS Secretary Kirsten Nielsen said the launch of the National Risk Management Center helps address a rapidly evolving threat landscape. You all, the critical infrastructure community, deserve a federal ecosystem that has the resources, authorities, and mission alignment to enable effective and lasting partnership. The stakes are simply too high to do it any other way. Going forward, Krebs said that CISA looks to be open in its outreach to the private sector. First and foremost, we're going to be transparent. We're going to be transparent about the threat, and we're going to be transparent about the things we're doing together to counter that threat. It does us no good if we're hiding the ball and we're not sharing the game plan. We're not the intelligence community. In fact, I spend, I try to spend as much time as possible outside of the skiff in taking things and putting it into terminology and phrases that are readily accessible, that are understandable, that I don't have to stop and think like, ah, was that in a classified briefing or is that an open source briefing? But on the other hand, Krebs says that CISA also expects buy-in from the sectors that it's engaging with. My team is not going to build a solution that's 90% done and then present it to our stakeholders and say, here you go, what do you think? We're going to come to you. We're going to come to the critical infrastructure community first and ask, what do you need? What do you need us to do? Let's go build this thing together. Help me understand where the gaps in the market are, where are the market failures. Let's work those things together. I don't have to have a business model that generates a profit. The National Risk Management Center also houses DHS's Information and Communications Technology, or ICT, Supply Chain Risk Management Task Force. It held its first meeting last Thursday. 
The task force has about 60 members from the government and from the IT and communication sectors. Jeanette Manfra is CISA's Assistant Director for Cybersecurity and Communications. She said that private sector participation gives DHS greater visibility into cyber threats. We're very honored to have some of the biggest names in technology and communications working with us on both a very immediate near-term challenge on what the federal government can be doing better in terms of thinking about how do we have better insight into what our supply chain is and what is the risk that we're inheriting as we procure our IT products and services. While Manfra said DHS has made big strides in how it shares cyber threat information with the private sector, she said she'd like the supply chain task force to take a closer look at federal procurement of IT services and products. I think too often when we talk about supply chain, we skirt some of the, the really hard conversations, but I think already we've, we've really sort of said, look, this is kind of what the government thinks. Are we right? Are we wrong? And I know I've learned a lot just in the past year about the reality of all the good things that are actually already going on that maybe the government wasn't aware of. And on the flip side, I think the government being more transparent about the information that we have access to and getting that to you all can really be helpful. Earlier this month, industry partners in the finance, communications, and energy sectors met with DHS officials to review their national critical functions. Secretary Nielsen gave an overview of what those entail. These are the functions of government and the private sector that are so vital to the United States that their disruption, corruption, or dysfunction would have a debilitating impact on national security, economic security, public health, or safety. Nielsen said today cyber threats pose a greater cross-sector risk and that an attack on one sector can create a ripple effect for others. We must identify single points of failure, concentrated dependencies, and anything that can create those ripple effects so that we may better fortify our defenses and build resilience into everything we do. By having sectors review their critical functions, Nielsen said the National Risk Management Center can help identify where those roles intersect with each other. Critical infrastructure protection efforts have too often been narrowly focused on assets and organizations, while missing some of the underlying services and functions I often talk about this at looking at the trees but missing the forest. This outdated approach can underestimate the importance of sector-wide and cross-sector risks and dependencies. We must reassess risk by thinking more holistically about what is critical and what is essential. Prior to this year's midterm elections, DHS also worked closely with state and local agencies to guard against cyber threats. Nielsen said those state and local partners also play a critical role. Whether it's our information sharing, our technical analysis, our risk modeling, or incident response capabilities, we are only successful if our private sector and state and local partners are successful. So in that sense, partnership is not an ideal we strive for. It's a core operating principle that is critical to our collective defense. I've said it many times before, but it bears repeating in this threat environment and given our hyperconnectivity. If we prepare individually, we will fail collectively. Jory Heckman, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Be sure to check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.